Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Even if it kills us, which this season just might. I'm Sarah D. Bunting. I am here to welcome you to the Lilith Fair 40 with my esteemed co-host, who is my uh, Virgil through this um, hell of choosing, Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark. Hello. Choices must be made. I The groupings in this season have been just brutal so far, but... Uh, I'm going to give you a quick recap of what we're doing here this season to wit. We're trying to choose the Lilith Fairest song of them all, America's Top Lilith Fair 40. We're beginning the season proper with the first five songs. It's already so difficult. You would think that, like, jokes aside, you would think this really does have the force of law, like we're always laughing about. But this has been extraordinarily difficult but also super fun mark can you quickly run down the list of songs that we are talking about today as we enter the lilith fair chart yes i sure can we will be discussing as cool as i am by dar williams bitch by meredith brooks bizarre love triangle friend hayes acoustic remake uh blood makes noise by suzanne vega and breathless by the cores and in case you're just joining us and did not hear our intro episode i do want to remind everyone that an artist need not have performed at the actual Lilith Fair to be in contention for the title of Lilith Fairest Song of Them All. So in case you're noticing that, for instance, the cores were not at the Lilith Fair, that is okay by our standards because you can be of the Lilith Fair without being at the Lilith Fair, I feel is a fair thing to say. Yeah. Um, Also, part of the point of this season is to figure out what does constitute Lilith Fairness and righteousness uh and we'll be working through it in each episode with help from you and that reminds me if you want to vote and make your voices heard about where which songs go on the charts patreon.com slash mastass you do have to have a patreon account but voting is open to all uh you don't have to be a uh, paid supporter of our podcast but you do get some pretty fun extras with that and we would love to have you join our club we have a really good time Laughing about letters to Cleo. Hi, Ron. Um, Let me just quickly also explain how the ranking system works in case you're new to our podcast. Uh, We will be talking about the songs this season in alphabetical order by song title. And then we're going to assign each one a points ranking uh, based on how many songs there are. Today we've got five. So my number one song will get five points. Mark's number one song will get five points. And then you, the listeners slash Patreon supporters slash voters from all around the world, will also assign points values to these songs. That determines where they enter the charts. You'll be voting on each episode. More songs come into the charts. Mark has a system. It's very complicated. I was not a math major, so I am very admiring of his efforts in that regard. There are multiple spreadsheets. It's hot. Um, But that's how that works. And, you know, if you have any questions, again, patreon.com slash mastess or add us on Twitter at TalkSongs. We love hearing from you. You're part of this process. 
Have I missed anything? Uh, only that if you want to email us, we like that too. That's at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. Yeah, we do not have the most consistent like titling across our <laughs> no, social media and contact information, <laughs> but it's like, just open a window and be like, Mark and Sarah, and someone will answer. It might not just, be us, but life's an adventure. <laughs> just like in ABBA's Gimme, 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 throw open the window and scream, who's got a dick, and someone will get back to you. <laughs> and then throw a coffee maker out. We're here for it. All right, shall we get into it at last? Oh We've my been gosh, waiting yes. for this for Let so us long. begin. Let us truly begin so as i mentioned our very first song is as cool as i am by dar williams and this is a song that is on her album mortal city which is the album that if you were me in college you heard everywhere at all times from everyone around every corner and up every street Uh, i have so many memories of listening to this entire album in so many different places including laying on the floor of my dorm room with my friend jessica who was visiting Uh me from her college while we listened and wept to the song The Ocean, kids, don't ask your parents. They wouldn't know. But uh, ask your <laughs> lesbian aunt because she'll know. <laughs> uh, so before we get into As Cool As I Am, let's listen to a little clip. Look out of the kitchen window and you shake your head and say, If I could believe that stuff, I'd say that woman has a halo. And I look out and say, yeah, she's really blonde. And then I go outside to join the others I am the others whoa, whoa, And that's not easy I don't know what you saw I want somebody who sees me I will not be afraid of women I will not be afraid of women Oh, so Sarah, I know that you do not know the music of Dar Williams as intimately as I do. And I wonder if you had heard this song before this week. I hadn't. And this is a hell of a shot across the bow for the Lilith Fairty. Um, This is, I mean, this immediately sort of like grabs the question by the throat of what makes uh, a song Lilith Fairy. Is it? The sound? Is it the lyrics? Is it the um, combined, uh, the attitude of the combination of them? Um, And this, uh, I mean, what an amazing sort of um, before it's time, like, don't, don't hate on other women lyric. And I'm so glad you clipped that line that, that she's just like, yeah, she's really blonde. I I mean, yes, I would like to be friends with Dar Williams immediately. Um, But is this too, like, wry and evolved to be Lilith Fairy? Because I think the sound is right on. I think the vocalization is right on, that there's that sort of, like, trilly... um, That's very typical of the genre, I would say. But I just... I wonder if it's like too knowing to be Lilith Fairy. I don't know the answer to that question. I've also now said the syllables Lilith Fair so many times that they've already lost all meaning and we're only on the first song. But this also confronts the um, that we have to make a distinction between 
um, favorite songs and typical songs. Like, is mm-hmm. this the sine qua non or is this the Ne Plus Ultra or is this the I Can't Live Without It? Like, I'm just, we're going to be looking at this over and over and over again in the next few weeks. Uh, with that said, I do think this is the most Lilith Fair of this group um, in addition to really liking the song. So I had it at number one with five points. Well, I will say that this song for me hits that magical sweet spot of being a song that I love desperately, but also feel is the epitome of what we're talking about. In fact, I wonder if the, for me, the all all around first place song is not our very first song, because Hmm. for me, I think that the fact that this song is about women supporting women and not needing men is first of all just very little fair that was the whole thing that the fair was intended to prove is that female artists don't need men on the stage with them to be successful i also think that you know i'm interested that you wondered if it was too evolved because for me the fact that it is so thoughtful and so evolved actually makes it a great example of why the little fair mattered to me so much because to me the more shallow the sentiment, uh, Jewel is coming later in the season. Mm. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> the less oh. the less I actually feel like it's doing the job because I feel like that there was such intelligence in this music. And at its best, this music is, I would argue, wry and thoughtful and surprising. And that's one of the things that I feel like it didn't get credit for mm. when it was dismissed out of hand for being shallow, whiny girl music. And in fact... Several people, right. Sarah, have reached out to us based on some of the comments that you made so astutely in our intro episode about your believing that you had to dismiss this music because it was too woman-y. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. like, and a lot of women who I've, we've been hearing from have been talking about some internalized misogyny that they realized later that they had. And sure. I think that the tendency to call this music shallow is part of that. And to me, Dar Williams and this song in particular illustrates that this music isn't shallow because what she's doing in this song is so clever. Like that line I clipped, she has a sense of humor about the patriarchy, which is right. well, surprising. Yeah. I think that's my, like, I wouldn't say that I thought this music was shallow. I just thought it was more about like damp heartbreak uh-huh. and like sad minor chord strumming. And you know, I'm, right. I'm so bereft. I won't wear a brazier. <laughs> Which I mean, isn't we've all, we've shallow. All it's just like you know, lit, you know, ovarian noodling that is an interstitial music break on whatever Dawson's. Yeah, which, soggy and whiny. I can also yeah, see soggy and whiny. Yep. But to me, the 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 fact that Dar Williams is able to be funny when she says like, "Yeah, she's really blonde, asshole," and then mm-hmm. she leaves like that's to me is a baller move, and the fact that she packs that sentiment into a song that has this nice hurdy-gurdy hop sound and then is able to get to the point where she says i then i go outside to join the others i am the others when i was preparing for this episode i was walking through a park near my home and got emotional at the line i am the others even though i've heard it like eight thousand times and i was like that's my little fair t-shirt damn it i am the others so to me this song is funny um thoughtful, political, supportive, and ebullient. And those are all things that I think of when I think of Lilith Fair. So it is hands down for me, 
number one this week. And again, I say, will it be unseated at all? Only time will tell. Now, the patrons felt almost as strongly as we did about this one, Sarah, and they put it in second place, which gives it four points for them. So that's starting off with a total of 14 out of 15 possible points for Dar Williams. Wow. Um, I will also note that the sort of novella that she manages to fit in around that drunk girl. Yes. In the, I guess the first or second verse where she's utterly scathing to the object of the song while having such fond, exasperated empathy for the drunk girl um, that it's really, it's really good writing. It's yeah. really good writing. So I'm, that we're sort of, coming back to the idea of Lilith Fair as refracted through a lens of, let's face it, misogynistic rape culture um, versus the, the reality of these core, um, not the cores necessarily, but these core <laughs> artists and um, their ideas and how they're bringing their selves into the world and their art. It's just going to be a fascinating ever like talk about evolving like it's just going to be changing from episode to episode oh it's so exciting I know. anyway and before we move on from dar i do want to add you are absolutely right to be cautious of sogginess because dar williams is capable of writing a soggy song there's a song on this very album called february that contains the line um you said what is this i said no I, I said what is this you said it's a crocus i said what's a crocus you said it's a flower i tried to remember but i said what's a flower and you said i still love you it's one of the most asinine seventh grade <laughs> poetry journal verses of all time and she sings it in this really tremulous way and so i just want to note i am aware that all of these artists are capable of the horror that we have earlier been describing but uh Dar Williams, yeah. more than many of them, is capable of going to the perfect place as well. Well, and here's the thing. I I like some sogginess. Like, I am a Phoebe <laughs> Bridgers fan. Yes, it's low pH soggy. It's like lemon, soggy with lemon juice, but, you know. <laughs> like, I like a Felicity sweater on which a mist has settled as much as the next guy, but... You know, it, it could be a lot. Um, we're not going to have that problem with our next song, though, I wouldn't say. <laughs> no, agreed. Next up is the song Bitch by Meredith Brooks. And unlike many of the songs in this season, this one was a big uh, hit. It reached number two on the Hot 100. And I can remember very clearly that it was uh, when they would print the, the chart in the newspaper in my hometown, it would always say <laughs> expletive deleted by Meredith Brooks. <laughs> Oh, they didn't even go B-star TCH. <laughs> nope, they just said expletive, expletive deleted. deleted. Well, fuck that. Here's a clip. I'm a little bit of everything. I'll roll into one. I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a child. I'm a mother. I'm a sinner. I'm a saint. I do not feel ashamed. I'm your I felt much differently about this song than A, I thought I was going to, and B, I think I thought um, when it was originally out. Um, I like 
I like it a lot more than I remember liking it. And, but I think, I think it's not maybe given credit for the sophistication that is in it. Mm. Because I think some things got flattened out in the process. Like, I think that she's trying to get at the way that um, some cishet dudes are like, well, the crazy ones are great because they're they're crazy in the sack also. Um, and I think she's trying to get at a certain, like, you know tendency of men to flatten women out as it were and like not want the extremes or not be able to sort of hold conflicting this is a complete human being thoughts in their heads about us right but at the same time it's coexisting in this song that is like to call it bitch and to have this sort of sing-songy like i'm this i'm that i'm the other thing i'm this other opposite thing is like a little bit unsophisticated and a little bit like shortcutty and cheap and kind of going for um attention and novelty versus nuance but that's i mean that's pop music like sometimes <laughs> you know choices have to be made so i think it doesn't quite get as far as it could with this idea of like you know, we ladies are always two dimensional to these guys mm -hmm. and they're dicks. Um, but I still, I still admire it more than I remember admiring it and more than I thought I was going to revisiting it. Um, but it's still, it's a little rocky for me in the sound. Um, so it's right in the middle for me with three points. All of this is very fair. And I, oh, Sarah, I want to like it. Just as a person, I want to be like, go on, girl. Yeah, I'm a bitch, too. But there's just something about this song that has always rubbed me the wrong way. And yeah. you know, I have I said it. before you and the Lord and everybody that I am all for pop songs that sound like they belong in a mall. Mm -hmm. But there's something about this one that just rubs me the wrong way. It's kind of like how I feel about Natasha Bedingfield's song, Unwritten. Mm -hmm. It's like it feels like it's trying so hard to give us all of the slogans that we need to feel empowered that it yeah, somehow it feels like exactly it was designed. It. Oh, sorry. No, that's exactly it. You put it so much better than I did that it's like in the verses, there's this sort of sophisticated idea of chafing against the um, narrow categories that men want to put us in. But then the verse is sloganeering, like you said. Yeah. And I feel like that with or the a song chorus, that sorry. is truly Lilithy, we're getting at that feeling of a statement or a slogan that comes through someone's incredibly personal lived experience, not from something that was maybe designed at an ad agency so that they can corporatize the idea of our unity, if you know what I mean. Or... Like in the, you know, in the verse, you can complain about the corrosive nature of the male gaze, but then the chorus feels like it's trying to appeal to it, which yeah. is not all that Lilithy, maybe, I would say. I mean, again, we're like splitting subjective hairs here, obviously, but I, sure, think this sure. is, I do think this is an important distinction. There's something about how hard are you trying 
to reach the how hard does it seem like you're trying to reach the masses versus trying to speak the truth you know what i mean like i I don't know but uh, now ironically having said all of that i did put the song in second place (laughs) (laughs) wow okay and uh i actually think that that was wrong but you know again like you said this is a very complicated thing we're making ourselves do (laughs) well and you know these the the charts are going to go on for like a couple months so who knows Well, I was I didn't actually know what I thought about this song until talking to you about it right now. I didn't know what my reservation was. So I was I put it in second place because of the chorus that I now realize is the reason I have to put it lower next time. But mm. whatever. I put it in second and the patrons uh put it in first. So that's a one, two, three mm. placement from all from us as a group. Okay. Um, do you want to tell us about what song is up next? Uh, yeah, what's up next is a Bizarre Love Triangle, not the original by New Order, but the acoustic cover by Frente, exclamation point. Um, this is one of many songs that I associate very strongly with My So-Called Life because it was on that My So-Called Life Listies mixtape. Um, again, that it's a cover of a New Order song, I think gives it this like weird, spiky depth while also subtracting some Lilith cred points from it. Mm-hmm. Let's hear a clip and then we can talk about that a little more. That's the way that it goes and it's what nobody knows. And every day my confusion grows. Every time I see you falling, I get down on my knees and pray. I'm waiting for that final I like this song a lot. I have a long history with the song. I don't think it's terribly terribly Lilithy because it is a New Order cover that was a very synthy version. I also like that version. But, you know, that's a like greasy haired sad boy song. <laughs> um, sung by a girl whose styling is extremely Dolores O'Riordan from the Cranberries. We'll be talking about them soon. Um, The rest of this band is dudes, aside from the lead singer. Um, And the lyrics are sort of generalized to this um, unrequited, amorphous, um, phantom, like, experience that is not particularly... um, feminine or like through the prism of the woman experience so i mean i like it the sound is almost there but when you think about it for two seconds you're like a new order cover can't be that lilithy it's not my lowest this week but it's in uh number four well it's also in fourth place for me Nice. <laughs> End of episode. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, the song for me is the only thing about it that's Lilithy is there is kind of a nice flex in taking a dude song and changing it this completely. Sure. Uh, but that being said, all of the things that you said make me agree with you. you. We cannot have a cover of a dude's song ranking that high on this chart that would just defeat the whole purpose. But. I do want to acknowledge, like you said, this song makes you think of My So-Called Life. The band, Frente, exclamation point, also makes me think of Melrose Place because they are one of the three 
acts that we will be discussing in this season who was featured on the Melrose Place soundtrack. And despite never (laughs) watching the show, I did have the CD and listened to it a lot. Yeah. Um, And that's all been sort of replaced on the DVDs because they couldn't get the rights. Seems weird. Um, What did the what did listeners think? Listeners put Bizarre Love Triangle in dead last. Mm. They definitely. um, In fact, in the comment section, there were people who were saying, I gave one of my votes to Frente because Frente just needed some love, which I think is the idea that you were just talking about. We can dig on this song, but not think it's quite Lilithy. Uh, but before we go forward, I did want to honor Frente by playing a clip of the song Ordinary Angels, which is what was on Melrose Place, and was also on their excellently titled Marvin the Album. This is a <laughs> song that they uh, originated and I think is a pretty good example of why they're an, they were an interesting band, because they would go from the cover we just heard, very acoustic and spare, to this crazy shit. Sarah, just the way that she pronounces the word comet. I mean, she's just, I love it so much. I mean, that's more, that's way more Lilithly than Bizarre Love Triangle. But like, you can't, like, you have to put Bizarre Love Triangle because it's so early 90s, mid 90s. Like, anyway, yeah. If you're talking about Frente, you have to talk about Bizarre Love Triangle. Now, when you're talking about Suzanne Vega, who's up next... You could be talking about many songs, but we ultimately chose the song Blood Makes Noise, partially because it was a song that was from the 90s, which is when the Lilith Fair happened, Um, partially because I think, Sarah, I'm just going to jump the gun here, it's very Lilith that Suzanne Vega completely reinvented her sound for this album, and even though it is not acoustic like it used to be, it's not even folky like it used to be, it is indicative of the fact that the women on this tour were incredibly sophisticated artists who were able to do lots of things and do them well. And so it kind of puts the lie to the idea that there was only like strumming sad folkies on the tour, although honestly there were a lot. Uh, So I think Suzanne Vega is a really great artist to epitomize certain aspects of the Lilith Fair's excellence. And she did play a lot of Lilith dates, which also helps. Now, Blood Makes Noise was the first single from her album, 99.9 Fahrenheit Degrees, and it reached number one on the Modern Rock Songs chart back in the day, and also helped me really get into her beyond the version of Tom's Diner that was a big hit when it was remixed. Uh, uh-huh. I loved this album. I don't know, Sarah, if you knew this album, but it has songs like um, In Liverpool on it and When Heroes Go Down, just great, great album. But this is the one that I think is really the signal flare for the whole project. So uh, here we go. Here's a clip. And Sarah, just for me, from an artistic standpoint, the fact that the same woman who made Luca made this is really Mm -hmm. fucking cool. Yeah. My notes do wonder 
if we shouldn't have gone with something from Solitude Standing instead, because that sound is so much closer to Lilith. But I think that your rationale is right on. And I, you know, I think we made the right choice. I, I don't think I was aware that this was a modern rock number one. I thought this album was more obscure than it is. Um, but this song is like an immediate, like it's a banger. It's a clarion call for this whole album. And the number of, like, the the way that it's produced so that she sounds distant from and separate from the, the rest of the production on her vocal, mm-hmm. um, that, I mean, it was sort of like received wisdom that it was about a patient waiting for the results of an AIDS test, which she has said is not true. But my assumption was always that it was describing um, some kind of, like, trauma mm-hmm. or like recovery from some disaster or she's like undergoing a sexual assault like kit or exam or something some kind of trauma and then um bec- and also that blood is right in the title and like could that be menstrual blood maybe she's waiting for a pregnancy test is it because she got shot like you don't exactly know but that very sort of Gen X-y, it's really cool that you're concerned yeah. <laughs> line and attitude and also like just the aural, like you feel like you're hearing her through like a gramophone tube and then there's this very sort of dense present percussion mm-hmm. um, that reflects it. Like the form is perfect to reflect the content Um I don't think it's quite as Lilithy as Dar Williams, but it's really, um, it's really an efficient, concise, evocative piece of work, uh, and it's my number two, four points. Yeah, I agree with all of the things that you just said, and uh, I put it like the patrons in third place. So there we go. That's uh, a very solid showing for Suzanne Vega. Now. Sarah, I can't talk to you quite yet about our next song because I have to go run through the sunshine while conditioning my hair. That's oh what this gosh. song makes me think of. While wearing like a backless bandana halter top and apparently getting a heat stroke during the filming of the video because you don't have enough clothes on and it's like 105 degrees in Death Valley. Oh, the cores. You really, you really gave to this song. <laughs> Well, here's a clip from Breathless by the Coors. Now, I don't think it should come as any surprise that this song was co-written and produced by Mutt Lang, who was also Mm. producing Shania Twain's music at the time. This sounds exactly fucking like a Shania Twain song. Yes, it does. Except somehow even more fucking boring. (laughs) This song, like, I'm not even mad. And I'm also not quite disappointed. I'm just filled with contempt. (laughs) 
I, I mean, why? Why is this song? Um, I never have to listen to it again, and I won't. So that's cool. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's really so, cool that you're concerned. Yeah. I, it's so Shania slash, like, with a little squeeze of Wilson Phillips on the top. <laughs> The video is so concerned with showing how sexy they are with those like little squished straw hats on and whatever the fuck. Like, I don't think these are untalented people. I don't want anything bad to happen to this family. I think it's kind of weird that it's like a family band and there's like one brother and then his sisters are like basically wearing the fucking fur bikini from um, <laughs> one billion years BC or whatever the fuck that movie is <laughs> or and God created woman. Like I just it's so by numbers and so, uh, you know, Claiming to take ownership of female sexuality while doing it on male sexuality's terms that it's not Lilithy at all and it's boring as fuck. Fifth place, and I I doubt this crawls out of the basement. I can't imagine a song that I have want to talk about less than this. What <laughs> well, point? Know, I, I think the reason it's good that it's here is that sometimes you need the antithesis of your thing to yes. help you define your thing. Yes, it really was a clarifying experience. When I woke up, I had a lot of notes. <laughs> uh, it's worth noting that this song reached number 34, and it's also worth noting that Basic Bitch That I Am, I did buy the single, the CD single of this song. <laughs> I will also note, hilariously, that this lost the Grammy to Steely Dan. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, mean, mm. I don't necessarily want good things to happen to Steely Dan, but this one I will permit. <laughs> um, yeah, this song, it, it also makes you appreciate that Shania Twain brings more to those songs than you realize, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, she like, does. There's a certain amount of irony and uh, showmanship in a Shania Twain performance that you just don't get here. I mean, it's nice that these attractive people can open their mouths and make the correct sounds come out, uh, but... That's maybe not enough. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a participation trophy kind of a season. Sorry. So, yeah, they're also in the basement for me, fifth place, and the patrons put them in fourth. Uh, so, unsurprisingly, mm. I don't even have to do the math on the back of the envelope because we've got so few songs. I can tell you that our very last place track this week with a mere four points is the cores. So they can go on, go on and get fucked. Um, <laughs> That's what they want. You heard the song <laughs> in fourth place with five points is the respected, but perhaps not thematically appropriate for this season. Bizarre love triangle mm -hmm. in third place with 10 points is blood makes noise. And just one point higher with 11 points. Our second place finisher is bitch. Uh, I'm sorry, expletive deleted. <laughs> and far and away with 14 points and no surprise here this time, our first place finisher is As Cool As I Am by Dar Williams. But uh, I can go ahead and give you all a preview. I've started to see the voting come in for next week. Some shit is going to get shaken up like a Polaroid picture. Uh, yeah, I... Um... Episode two was the was the winter of my discontent with this. Um, as I tweeted, and once again, that's an excellent way to reach us with your comments and questions and um, 
grievances about this season. That's at Talk Songs on Twitter. We're also on Facebook at mastass.podcast. And the really important part, patreon.com slash mastass. That is like central command for the whole Lilith Fair season. We really hope that you will join us. And um, we really hope that you will forgive us for putting you through this because this is really bringing up some things for people. We're all going to get through it together <laughs> wearing crocheted bikini tops. You too, Mark. Sorry, I don't make the rules. Well, listen, as cool as I am, I can definitely pull off a crocheted bikini top. You, you can. Beads and everything. We have no secrets. We tell each other everything About the lovers in our past And why they didn't last Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship. That's me and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at MarkAndSarahTalkAboutSongs.com. You'll also find all of our social media links there, too. That's Mark and Sarah, with an H, TalkAboutSongs.com. And for even more content and access to the Mastass Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at Patreon.com slash Mastass. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.